Welcome to Bureau 42's comic book pilot season, day six. Today we're looking at character compare and contrast. If this series is the one that continues, it will ultimately be looking at comparing characters between major companies, specifically looking at characters where one is basically a ripoff of the other. In this premiere episode, we are comparing Namor and Aquaman in five categories. And the five categories are probably going to stay pretty static, or at the very least, the long-term goal for this series, should this be the one that readers vote on, is that we do have a consistent set of categories to review every week. We may adjust them based on reader input and our own ideas about which category should be included, but the idea is to have the same categories for everyone in the long term. So the five categories we are looking at is who came first, the background or the origin stories, the publication histories, the power sets, and the personalities. So in this case, who came first? Well, Namor McKenzie, better known as a Submariner, first appeared in Marvel Comics Presents in October 1939, or at least cover dated October 1939, created by Bill Everett. Aquaman first appeared in More Fun Comics, number 73, cover dated November 1941, created by Mort Weisinger, Paul Norris, and Kessler Jones. So the first point goes to Namor. Background and origin story. Namor was Oli's uh, combination of two races. So it was a human father as a sailor and an Atlantean mother. So he's always been a half-human, half-Atlantean hybrid, not really accepted by either group. He's also the deposed prince and rightful ruler of Atlantis. In Aquaman's original origin from 1941, he was a human who was raised by a father who discovered Atlantis and had just built a watertight house in Atlantis and used the materials there to teach his son how to survive underwater, how to communicate with sea life, not through telepathy, but just by speaking their own language, how to become stronger, faster, better swimmer. So a lot of the same talents, but just in a human that was raised in that environment. In 1956, when Namor was out of print, Aquaman was revamped and his history was rewritten so that he had human father, Atlantean mother. He was now a deposed king of Atlantis. He was turned into a much more similar character to Namor. So in this case, I'm giving the point to Namor. So that's right now two for Namor, zero for Aquaman. Looking at the publication history, Namor first appeared in Marvel Comics Presents issue one, which became Marvel Mystery Comics as of issue two, and he ran in that series from 1939 to 1941. After that, he spun into Submariner Comics from 1941 to 1949. That lasted 32 issues. It's about eight years, but in a time when there were four issues per year because they were quarterly, at which point that series was cancelled. It was revived in 1954 and lasted until issue 42 in 1955 and was cancelled again. He resurfaced in 1962 as a recurring villain for the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and a one-shot appearance in Daredevil. He took over the lead story in Tales to Astonish from Ant-Man or Giant-Man, basically Hank him and the Wasp, starting with issue 70 in 1965, and then when Marvel no longer was renting the presses from DC and was able to expand and do their own thing, then he was able to get his own title, and that spun off into a 72-issue series starting in 1968, finishing in 1974. After the 1974 cancellation, he guest-starred in Supervillain Team-Up for a while, but Doctor Doom was really the lead there, teaming up with Namor, with Magneto. He had a four-issue miniseries in 1984. He had a 62-issue series launched by John Byrne that started in 1990, which brought Iron Fist back from the dead, and the Super Scroll for that matter. He had a 12-issue miniseries starting in 2003, a six-issue miniseries in 2007, and then another series that became a miniseries but was launched as an on going in 2011. In recent years, he's also guest starred in both the X-Men and the Defenders titles, and he was also an Avenger for a time in the 80s. So the character has existed for 75 years, but he hasn't had his own title 
for 40 of those. Now, Aquaman first appeared in Morphon Comics 73 in 1941 and continued in Morphon Comics until issue 107 in 1947. By this time, he'd already had another feature added to Adventure Comics in 1946, which lasted until the 1960s. So not only was he continuously in print for that time, for a while there he had two titles going. The same thing happened in the 1960s, where he had a brief period where he was still in Adventure Comics, and he got his own title starting in January 1962. It had about a year or two of cancellation in the middle with the DC implosion, as a lot of titles did. But then it was relaunched and continued until about 1978. When that original title was cancelled on a cliffhanger, the writer went to Marvel and finished the story in the final issue of Namor, the Submariner. So if you're reading just Namor, you get to that last issue when Namor's talking about a bunch of stuff that happened, you don't recognize it, that's because it happened over in Aquaman. It was an unofficial crossover, but they basically said everything that happened to Aquaman happened to Namor, we keep going. Because the characters are similar enough that everything that did happen to Aquaman could have just as well happened to Namor. Now, Aquaman was a Justice League of America founder and a frequent guest star there. He came back to Adventure Comics for a time while his own title was cancelled. So he was essentially continuously in print for that period. It was cancelled in the early 80s. He then got a four-issue miniseries in 1986, a five-issue mini in 1989, a 13-issue series in 1991. He had another series that started in 1994 and lasted about seven and a half years there, another five years starting in 2003, and then the seventh Aquaman series began in September 2011 and is running until the present. So Namor has existed for 75 years and has been out of print for 40 of those, so we're looking at about 35 years where he's got a lead role. Whereas Aquaman has existed for 73 years, so Namor had a two-year head start, but he's only been out of print as the lead character for 22 of those. So for 51 years, the past 73, Aquaman is at his own title or his own feature in an anthology title. So here, point to Aquaman. So that's two for Namor, one for Aquaman. Now as far as the power sets are concerned, there's a lot of similarities here. They both weaken when they're away from water. They both can communicate with sea life, although Namor often doesn't. That seemed to be something he was doing in the 60s and in the 90s, and that's about it. And in both of those periods, Namor could also natively adopt the abilities of sea life. So if you go back to Strange Tales, when he fought against the Human Torch, he was able to adopt the abilities of a puffer fish to blow himself up, or adopt the abilities of Electric Eel to shock Johnny. It's not done very consistently, but it did show up both in that run and in the burn run. Both characters are unusually strong and durable, although Namor does appear to be a bit stronger and more durable. Namor can fly, although that's treated as a mutation, and Namor is sometimes labeled the first mutant, as he was in his 2011 series, even though they've established Apocalypse was born long before Namor. The mutation thing seems to have started with an offhand comment. When the X-Men were first starting, it seemed like Stanley was dedicated to trying making the Marvel Universe a cohesive whole. So this was around the time when the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man came out and Spider-Man went to the Fantastic Four. The Hulk showed up in the Fantastic Four that month. And characters were naming and referring to each other in other comics when they didn't have guest appearances. You get to the X-Men and Xavier makes an offhand comment that maybe Namor is a mutant. Someone eventually did retcon that to say, okay, the reason Namor is a mutant, the reason he's a mutant is because he can fly with those little wings on his ankles and aren't present in either humans or Atlanteans. That's his mutation. His first cousin, Namorita, has the same abilities, also being half-human, half-Atlantean. They decided it's not just a half-human, half-Atlantean thing. They decided, no, that's a mutation. She just had the same genes because they're first cousins and the same mutation came through. So Namor can fly, although Aquaman is confined to land. 
Namor can also survive indefinitely out of water, although if he was out of water for too long, he had sort of a mental breakdown, as we saw when he first came back in the Fantastic Four. Classic incarnations of Aquaman say if he's out of seawater for more than an hour, he will die, which is far more serious. It was also a bit of a restriction on his usefulness for the Justice League. You had to pick and choose how you used him in the stories. You either made a very, very quick series events, or something was going on worldwide, including something in the water, and then Aquaman would handle that. He is also able to communicate with sea life and order them to do whatever he wants, which he does much more often. Uh, they can both breathe underwater. Aquaman does have a habit of forgetting about his powers as well. As I said, Namor has only used some of his powers for a short period of his time. Aquaman seems to have forgotten that power to communicate with fish, which is a main one, sometimes in key areas, such as the time a school of piranhas ate off his hand and he didn't stop them, and he ended up with a hook for a hand for a period. So as far as the power sets go, I'm going to give this one to Namor as well. He is stronger than Aquaman, he can outlast Aquaman out of water, and because he can fly, he can also outmaneuver him. So then the last point is the personality. Now, Namor is the first anti-hero in some respects, or by some sources. I don't personally agree with that. I wouldn't consider Namor an anti-hero. An anti-hero is someone who does villainous things for good purposes. You, that's your punishers and characters like this. Namor is regal, noble, and he's consistently willing to fight for the planet's best interests as well as the best interests of the Atlantean people. He just comes across as an anti-hero because the goals of Namor and Atlantis and what Namor thinks is best for Earth don't always coincide with the goals of the North American human reading audience. So he can come across as an anti-hero. I don't consider him an anti-hero. I just consider him a hero who's not necessarily fighting for America or Canada or North America or even the human race. He's fighting for what he feels is best for the Earth. And that personality has been consistently represented from the start, including his period in the Invaders when he was helping fight against the Nazis during World War II. Now, Aquaman's personality is much more pliable. He's done everything from the goofy Super Friends incarnation to the gritty incarnation where he's got a hook for a hand because he didn't bother to stop the attack. That whole version was handled much better in the animated Justice League series. This is a category I'm thinking about adding in the future as adaptations to other mediums, because Aquaman has showed up in a lot more than Namor has outside of the comic book pages. But in this case, even though Aquaman is more adaptable to the times, I don't mind seeing ch characters change as long as it's an evolution based on experiences they're going through. A lot of Aquaman's changes seem pretty sudden, whereas Namor's been pretty consistent. He's gone through some rough patches, and there's times where you could tell a story with him now you couldn't tell a year ago or a year from now, but you can always see the dominoes that brought him from point A to point B. So I'm giving this point to Namor as well. Thus, in the final tally, it's four points for Namor, one point for Aquaman. So, in our first character compare and contrast, Namor wins. Do you agree? Do you disagree? You can post comments in Bureau42.com's article postings and the comments there, or you can send emails to me directly at Bureau42podcasts at gmail.com, where the 42 are the digits 4 and 2. And if you do send emails that way, they could well be read in a future podcast. So thank you for listening for this chapter in the comic book podcast pilot season. Join us again this time next week when we do a comparison and contrast between the Hal Jordan Green Lantern and the Richard Rider Nova. And join us again tomorrow when we take a look at the first episode in the Great Runs series, where we look at the first year of Walt Simonson's Thor. Thank you for listening.